Good evening and welcome to the Champaign City Council meeting for October 17th, 2023. I call this meeting to order and I invite you to join me for a moment of silence followed by the pledge. Shannon, can you please call the roll? Councilmember Kyles? Here. Ian Fetty? Here. Shannon? Here. Williams? Present. Beck? Here. Fulmer? Here. Gladney? Aningas? Here. Mayor Finan? I am also here, and Councilmember Gladney is out sick tonight. We have police oaths. Chief, you want to meet me down front? Good evening, Mayor, City Council members, and great community of the City of Champaign. Tonight, it is my pleasure to uh, promote some well-deserved promotions within the police department. Uh, I definitely want to thank the family members for being here and for being behind them this whole time. But I cannot go without uh, thanking the, uh, the mayor and the city council and city manager's office for making sure that we, the Champaign Police Department, need every, that get everything that we need to be successful. So I would first like to call up Lieutenant Brian Maloney. So Lieutenant Brian Maloney, 17 years with the police department, he was promoted to sergeant on October 1st, uh, 2012. Uh, he volunteered to be an acting lieutenant uh, during a very trying time, and then he was recently promoted uh, to heart rank lieutenant. Another great um, thing about Lieutenant Maloney, he's a retired Lieutenant Colonel in the Illinois Army National Guard. He also fought for our country in Afghanistan, and he's uh, twice, the, twice the citizen, as we say in the military. So uh, he's, um, he's here with his wife. They live in Champaign, and his beautiful wife, Melissa, and his dad, John, and his mom, Judy. So thank you all for being here. Please raise your right hand and state your oath. I, Brian Maloney, having been appointed to the Office of Police Lieutenant in the City of Champaign, in the County of Champaign, do solemnly swear that I will support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of Illinois, and that I will faithfully discharge the duties of the Office of Police Lieutenant to the best of my ability. We're going to hold applause until last, sorry. Yeah, we got the picture already, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay, the next uh, amazing police officer I would like to call forward is Sergeant Jonathan Christensen. Jonathan was hired by the police department in 2013. Uh, he's got 10 years on the police agency. He's a member of our SWAT unit. Uh, since 2015, he, he was one of our assigned canine officers. 
Uh, he became the SWAT assistant team leader in July 2021. He was also one of our field training officers. He was an acting sergeant prior to his permanent promotion. And uh, he has received uh, one medal of valor from the police department, two life-saving medals, and two and seven commendations. He's with his, uh, with his beautiful wife, Darlene, his dad, Mike, and his mom, Tammy. So thank you so much for what you do. Hi, Jonathan Christensen, having been appointed to the office of police sergeant in the city of Champaign and the county of Champaign, do solemnly swear that I will support the, the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state of Illinois, and that I will faithfully discharge the duties of the office of police sergeant to the best of my ability. We're going to take a group picture. And one of my favorites, Sergeant Leslie Kerr, if you can come forward. So, uh, yeah, she, she's, she is awesome. I, I'm, there's stuff not on this list that I'm going to discuss. Uh, she just, uh, she's an inspiration for us all. I'm, I'm really proud of her. So she was hired with the police department in 2017, six years with the police department, already at the rank of sergeant. She's a member of our crime scene uh, since 2021, a field training officer. She was an acting sergeant, and she was promoted on September 25th to hard rank sergeant. She's received two commendations from the police departments. She's here with her husband, Scott, her four-year-old son, Stetson, and her one-year-old daughter, Anisia. Annalisa. Annalisa. <laughs> so the one thing I want everyone in the community to know, um, Sergeant Kerr is also an adjunct professor at the University of Illinois in Springfield, and she's one of the key instructors in the Masters of Public Administration program and has been really instrumental to my studies in the program. So she's just an absolutely amazing human being. I, Leslie Kerr, having been appointed to the Office of Police Sergeant in the City of Champaign in the County of Champaign, do solemnly swear that I will support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of Illinois, and that I will faithfully discharge the duties of the Office of Police Sergeant to the best of my ability. Thank you. Okay, we're gonna take a group photo. Yeah. Then we're gonna clap and take a group photo. Madam Mayor, I move that we approve all closed session minutes dated between and including February 2nd, 2021 and June 27th, 2023 that do not have an indication of prior approval, release the minutes with a recommendation of release, and make a finding that the need for confidentiality still exists with respect to those closed session minutes or portion thereof with the recommendation of do not release. In addition, I move that we approve the minutes of September 19th, 2023 regular council meeting and the September 19th, 2023 post-council study session minutes. Second. 
Is there, are there any technical questions or discussion? Do we need a roll call for this with the closed session minutes? So, yes, roll call? Okay, please call the roll. Councilmember Kyles? Yes. Pianfetti? Yes. Shannon? Yes. Williams? Yes. Beck? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Eningas? Yes. Mayor Finan? Yes, the um, determination regarding the closed session minutes is approved. And the other uh, minutes are approved as well. Uh, do we have any correspondence? We have none, Your Honor. We have no public hearing. And so our first bill, please. Council Bill 2023-173, a resolution authorizing the city manager to execute a change order with All Star Talent Incorporated for marketing consultant services for branding and officer recruitment. So moved. Second. The purpose of this council bill is to approve change order number one with All Star Talent Inc. for marketing consultant services in an amount not to exceed $90,000. The new not to exceed purchase amount, including change order number one, is $159,000. Are there any technical questions? Anyone in the audience wish to address this? Any council comment? Please call the roll. Councilmember Kyles? Yes. Pianfetti? Yes. Shannon? Yes. Williams? Yes. Beck? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Aningas? Yes. Mayor Finan? Yes. Council bill passes 8 to 0. Please call the next bill. Council bill 2023-174, a resolution approving an agreement for the purpose of professional medical consultant services. So moved. Second. This council bill would authorize the city manager to execute a one-year agreement with Carl Healthcare Inc. DBA Carl Physician Group for professional medical consultant services for the police department's physical examination program. The cost of the service will not exceed $52,280. Are there any technical questions? Anyone in the audience wish to address this? Council comment? Please call the roll. Councilmember Kyles? Yes. Pianfetti? Yes. Shannon? Yes. Williams? Yes. Beck? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Eningas? Yes. Mayor Finan? Yes. Council bill passes 8 to 0. Please call the next bill. Council bill 2023-175, a resolution accepting a bid and authorizing the city manager to execute an agreement for the Public Works break room renovation project. So moved. Second. This council bill accepts a bid and authorizes the city manager to execute an agreement with A&R Mechanical Services, Inc. of Urbana, Illinois, in the amount of $71,093 for the Public Works break room renovation project. Are there any technical questions? Anyone in the audience wish to address this? Council comment? Please call the roll. Councilmember Kyles? Yes. Pianfetti? Yes. Shannon? Yes. Williams? Yes. Beck? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Aningas? Yes. Mayor Finan? Yes. Council bill passes 8 to 0. Please call the last bill. Council Bill 2023-176, a resolution approving a contribution agreement with Champaign County Environmental Stewards. So moved. Second. The purpose of this council bill is to approve an agreement between the City of Champaign and Champaign County Environmental Stewards formalizing the one-time contribution of $250,000 committed by the city to CCES to be used 
toward upfront capital costs to establish a household hazardous waste collection facility in Champaign County. Are there any technical questions? Anyone in the audience wish to address this? Any council comment? Councilmember Shannon? I just want to say I'm really excited about this. I know um, with the effort that staff has put in for um, hazardous waste collection over the last several years, it's going to be so nice to have a permanent facility. So I'm really appreciative of the work that's been put into this. Anyone else? Please call the roll. Councilmember Kyles? Yes. Pianfetti? Yes. Shannon? Yes. Williams? Yes. Beck? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Aningas? Yes. Mayor Finan? Yes, council passes eight to zero. We're now at the point in the meeting for audience participation. Um, this is your opportunity to talk to us about anything. Uh, please step forward, state your name and city of residence. Please limit your comments to five minutes or less. Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Benjamin Beaupre. I live in Champaign. Uh, just following up on uh, the unit four uh, uh, blueprint funding issue. Uh, it's come up quite a bit at the Unit 4 uh, school board meetings and a lot of discussion online and uh, with the school board members themselves. Uh, there seems to be some confusion about what the money was for. Uh, there's been comments out of the Unit 4's uh, administration that what they need to prioritize is education, social and emotional support, but that seemed to be what you know, these, the half a million dollars was going towards programs specifically for that. Uh, there were concerns that the, it wouldn't be able to be staffed, but uh, when the board approved it back in November 2022, it was with the specific intention, it's in the minutes, of staffing those positions, and it's not entirely clear what happened after that, after the the board approved it. <laughs> I've been trying to get some answers on that. A lot of people have, and you, you all, you know, probably understand better than anybody uh, dealing with public questions, public concerns, especially on emotionally charged issues, how volatile that can be. They seem very frustrated. Uh, you might be able to understand the way the board works there. You know, it, they don't have a city manager form of government, but you know, the superintendent kind of acts in a similar fashion. Uh, they can, you know, basically set general policy, but after that, they're they're kind of uh, asking questions as much as the rest of us trying to figure out what happened after they said, yeah, we should do that. So it, you might be able to find out if there were actually job listings posted. Uh, at least one board member said that she saw job listings related to that, uh, but I, I haven't been able to find any confirmation on that yet. It, it, there seems to be confusion about what the purpose of the money was, what it was going to, you know, who was actually going to follow through and spend it. And when it kind of died on the vine, everybody seemed as surprised as everybody else that it, it wasn't used. And it, it upset a lot of people because it was right after the, you know, the BTW shooting. And um, that is, there's just so much going on. And there seems to be uh, among board members a view that, they can just get that money back for something else now. And it, you know, the, the way I've been following uh, ARPA funds for various local governments, it seems a lot more complicated than that. Um, I don't think, you know, the money's necessarily gone forever because, you know, the, the way there's so many ARPA funds for different things, but uh, 
they they may be under the impression that it can just get reassigned somehow. And uh, I, I think you need to work with each other, uh, talk across uh, the bureaucracies, if you will, and uh, kind of figure out what's exactly going on, who made what decision. And uh, if you could let the rest of us know, uh, there's a lot of very curious and concerned parents out there that just want some answers and uh, we're we're not getting a lot of return emails. So thank you for your time. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Hello, Susan Monte, Executive Director of the Champaign County Environmental Stewards. On behalf of our Champaign County Environmental Stewards Board, I want to thank you for this significant capital fund contribution. It will be a, a very great help to our capital campaign for this project. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Good evening, Mark Medlin, Nashville, Indiana, Champaign, Illinois. I want to uh, commend tonight uh, the Champaign Police Department, specifically Chief Tyler, for the outstanding work that was done last week uh, during the uh, Illinois State Police, along with other law enforcement agencies within the city of Champaign, on a concentrated saturation patrol that resulted in a four-hour period, 240 uh, citations being issued, uh, 13 drivers who were driving on the streets illegally, numerous warrant arrests, and at least a half a pound of weed. I understand from social media that some people in this community are angry that this was done in the city of Champaign. And as someone who uh, routinely drives the streets and watches what, quite frankly, is nothing more than um, Mad Max and the Thunderdome driving in this community where stoplights are just a mere waste of electricity and stop signs are just a uh, suggestion. As I walked in here tonight, two vehicles lit them up at right down in front of us. So I'm pleased that the uh, chief of police took the time, took the effort, and found the resources necessary to bring uh, at least some semblance of vehicle uh, safety to our community. And I think it's important that rather than we listen to those who apparently have an agenda that is different than ours, and at least different than mine, in terms of what is public safety. I noticed on Sunday that a uh, columnist from Decatur brings out the traffic safety study and beats that over the head of police officers. Let me remind you that police vehicle stops are not made in a vacuum. They haven't since 1966 with MAP versus Ohio. The mayor can inform you, all of you later, as to what MAP versus Ohio held. But you cannot pull over a vehicle just for just because. There has to be an articular, articulable uh, vehicle code violation before you can make that vehicle stop. And I will challenge each and every one of you tonight on your way home to look at the driver in front of you and tell me what the demographic of that driver is. You cannot. You simply cannot. And yet we are told repeatedly by the intelligentsia of this town 
that police officers are stopping specific demographics just based on their demographic when you have no idea what's in front of you when you're pulling them over. And two other points I want to make. Number one, people will tell us that equipment violations are just something that shouldn't be made. The Urbana City Council made that abundantly clear. Yet, just last night, an individual smoking weed with a gun and driving uh, with uh, weed in the car is at the busiest intersection that we have in the city of Champaign, and that is right in green. And he gets pulled over for a headlight out, an equipment violation, and yet we find a gun and weed. Do we not want that taken off the street? Vehicle stops are an important part of this conversation. Vehicle stops are what makes us safer in this community. I noticed real quick, because my time is limited, that crime has been down 74% in the past two years in the city of Champaign. I give a lot of credit to the Champaign Police Department. I give a lot of credit to technology. License plate readers, which many of you members were opposed to, cameras, are all solving crimes. Ask the family of Liam Gosser if that case could have been solved earlier, if there had been a license plate reader on North Prospect. So I give a lot of credit to Chief Tyler, his staff, the other members of Illinois law enforcement community who have made this town safer. Over 200 guns have been, have been seized this year on vehicle stops. 200. In my entire 29 years of making 10,000 vehicle stops, 6,000 arrests, I found two guns. And both of those were at the Champaign Police Department that we missed during processing. Thank you, Chief Tyler. Thank you, the men and women. And I hope this council starts to back the men and women who are keeping us safe at night. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Is there anyone else who wishes to address the council? Any council comment? Uh, Deputy City Manager. All right, vouchers. Thank you, Your Honor. I move to approve the vendor payments in the amount of $4,537,519.08. Second. Any discussion? All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Motion carries. I move to approve the payroll of September 29, 2023 in the amount of $2,170,253.63. Second. Any discussion? All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Are we turning it straight over to Kay? Courtney. All right, Courtney, you're on. All right. <clears throat> Good evening, Mayor and Council. I'm Courtney Kuzinoff, Budget Officer, and I'm joined tonight by Kay Neese, our Finance Director, and we're here to present the financial forecast and property tax levy. So tonight we're gonna start off with the property tax levy. So the property tax levy is prepared on a calendar year basis. So the 2023 levy represents the estimated property values as of December 31st, 2023, which will be collected in calendar year 2024. State statute that requires that we levy at a specific dollar amount. However, council policy is that we set 
the levy at a specific tax rate. So by setting the levy at a specific rate each year, property taxes remain relatively stable for property owners while also capturing the growth of taxable property within the community. So staff built recommendations to target the same tax rate as the 2022 levy, which is 1.3152, and incorporated estimated growth in taxable property. So when you look at your tax bill, the city is just one component. So this dollar here represents the overall tax bill um, which the city represents typically around 13 to 15% of the overall tax bill. Uh, and the reason is typically around that percentage is because we levy at a specific target rate. Some of the other taxing districts include Unit 4, Champaign County, Park District, and so on. Each year, we prepare a most likely and an optimistic levy. For 2023, we're estimating for the most likely um, levy that will see growth of 5.7%. While for the optimistic, we're estimating growth of 12.96. For the most likely estimate, we incorporate that into our financial forecast, which we'll be discussing next. For the optimistic, we recommend that council adopt at the optimistic to make sure that we're capturing any unanticipated growth in taxable property. Um, if the estimate is too high, we can then reduce or abate our levy to equal the um, set tax rate, which is 1.3152. Since 2016, we've seen consistent growth in our assessed value, and this trend has continued with the 2023 estimated levy. So this next graph shows the value of building permits um, on a calendar year basis. And we have anticipated that for calendar year 2023, that will end the year with building permit values of 140 million, which is the 34% drop from the prior fiscal year, or for the prior calendar year, I should say. Factors that have contributed to this decrease include high interest rate, um, elevated construction costs, as well as supply chain issues. And while this is something that would be in calendar year 2023, it's not something that would affect the levy this year. It would be something that would impact future levy years. Each year, the levy is broken out by purpose, the largest being our pensions, which include the police pension, fire pension, and IMRF and FICA. Over the last five years, the city has typically required to uh, increase contributions for the police and fire pensions at a rate of about 9% annually. This year, due to some changes in how the city's actuary calculates surviving spouse benefits, we actually saw a reduction for the police pension of 6.8% and a slight increase for the fire pension of 0.9%. So without the adjustments by the actuary, we would have seen another 9% increase this year. Over the last two years, the IMRF and FICA purpose has remained relatively flat or decreased, absorbing any of the increases from other purposes. But for 2023, we're estimating a 3% growth in this levy purpose um, to help recoup the decrease that we've seen in prior years. The next purpose is the library, which includes both the library operating and the library capital improvement fund. Like the city, the levy for the library targets a specific rate, and so they'll capture the same increase as the overall levy of 5.7%. The next purpose is capital improvement, which goes towards our capital improvement fund as well as our stormwater management fund. And per policy, we increase this levy by the estimated construction cost index each year, which is estimated at 3.5%. 
The last purpose is the general fund purpose. So per policy, if there's funds available, we would increase this levy based on the percentage increase that we've had in operating costs. Last year, the levy for the general fund was re reduced to almost zero. Since the financial policy holds this purpose as the lowest priority, it absorbs any increase from the other purposes. With the 2023 levy, we'll restore this purpose to $1.3 million, which is the first increase that we've seen since 2018. The driving factor in this restoration is the flat contributions that were required for the police and fire pensions. So our next purpose or next steps for the levy um, would be bringing forward an estimated levy for adoption on November 7th, publishing the truth and taxation notice on November 26th, and then both the public hearing and the adoption of the levy and the abatement ordinance will be brought forward for consideration on December 5th. Finally, in April or May of 2024, the county will finalize our extended levy. So we've incorporated the most likely levy into our financial forecast, which we're gonna go into next. So our forecast really marks the beginning of our annual budget process and is an opportunity for council to set the budget strategy for the coming fiscal year. So based on council direction tonight, we'll begin work on our fiscal year 2024-25 proposed budget, which will be presented to council in May and then brought forward for adoption in June. With the forecast, we focus on the general fund, which supports most day-to-day -day operations and is meant to indicate trend as we look at revenues and expenditures in the current fiscal year and then carry those trends out into future fiscal years. And the purpose of the levy is to test our ability to meet our two financial policy targets, which we always talk about. It's uh, budgeting recurring expenditures at 98.5% of recurring revenues, as well as maintaining a 10% unassigned fund balance. So at this point, I'm gonna turn it over to Kay to talk about some of the economic indicators that we've seen and that the changes we've incorporated into the forecast. Thank you, Courtney. I'm first gonna start off with uh, discussing the existing economic climate. So over the past few years, we've seen a really high level of economic activity. This has resulted in high levels of inflation. Consumers have felt this in increasing prices of goods and services, including groceries, vehicles, and housing costs. Uh, to give you a sense, inflation in 2022 was at 6.1%. The Federal Reserve has been trying to slow down this inflation by increasing interest rates. Um, and they're trying to do it in such a way that it will reduce inflation without sending the economy into a recession. This is often referred to as a soft landing. The trends that we are currently seeing is that the economy is beginning to slow down. Inflation dropped to 3.7% in August. GDP, the gross domestic product, uh, while still positive, is also slowing and consumer spending is beginning to flatten. This is increasing the likelihood of that soft landing um, and increasing the likelihood that this economy won't tip into recession. But of course, there's still a large amount of economic uncertainty out there. Um, in addition, this slowdown in activity is also leading to a softening of the city revenues. So over the last few years, we have seen large increases in sales tax revenue due to that high level of economic activity. Uh, one of the changes in our forecast from last year is that we are starting to see sales tax revenue stabilize as a result of consumer spending slowdowns. 
However, the overall activity of sales taxes still remains high in comparison to our historic revenues. As such, we're still anticipating that it is likely that some of this is still one-time revenue due to that higher level of economic activity. So about 3.4 million of it we have um, anticipated to be one-time. In addition, our income tax revenue has also seen large increases over the last few years. Um, this has also been in, uh, due to increased allocation percentages from the state of Illinois, a strong job market leading to, to strong wage increases, and in addition, record high corporate profits. However, we do anticipate those high corporate profits to start to come down. Um, as such, we are considering about 2.2 million of income tax revenue to also be more one-time in nature. And then the final major change in the forecast is around pension funding. As Courtney mentioned during the tax levy process, because of that change, um, we've seen this reduction in our contribution requirement below what we had anticipated. So this actually resulted in about a 1.5 million reduction in recurring expenses. So this next slide shows um, where we are in relation to our policy of keeping recurring expenses at 98.5% of recurring revenue. You'll notice that it slopes down over time. This is the impact of that structural deficit, um, which basically means that over time our recurring expenses tend to increase faster than our recurring revenue. You'll also notice that there's this sharp drop between fiscal year 22-23 actual and the 23-24 forecast. One of the major reasons for this is because when we look at our actual revenues and expenditures, that includes the impact of all the staff vacancies that we saw in the prior fiscal year. So that shows much higher. Whereas when we look at forecasting and budget, we assume that all positions are fully filled um, in order to make sure that we have adequate funding for all of our positions. Um, and then uh, you'll notice for fiscal year 24-25, um, we're actually showing about $3 million of recurring revenue available. Um, there's two main reasons why we're showing such a high level of recurring revenue in the current forecasted for the next fiscal year. One of those is due to the, the pension funding that I mentioned previously and having that additional $1.5 million um, in, in available recurring revenue as a result of that. But then the other reason is during the budget process last year, we actually didn't spend all of our recurring revenue because we knew coming into this fiscal year that there were a lot of competing needs. And so we, we wanted to have those funding available for potential allocation in this fiscal year. Um, for our fund balance policy, um, we are noticing uh, one of the things that we have determined is we are projecting about 14.7 million of one-time funding being available. This is larger than typical due to those one-time revenues from sales and income taxes that I had discussed earlier, as well as the prior year expenditures being below budget, primarily due to those staff vacancies. However, we are recommending um, only spending around 10 million of the forecasted available fund balance on one-time initiatives. Um, this is primarily just due to that economic uncertainty that we're still seeing. Um, so, and it's also, you know, our forecast is fairly early in our year. So we wanna make sure that, you know, there's enough funds available in case something happens with the economy down the road. Okay, at this point, I'm gonna turn it back over to Courtney to talk about some of our upcoming budget needs. All right, so there have been a few emerging uh, issues that we would recommend addressing as part of the upcoming budget process. So our first item would be related to workers' compensation fund. So over the last two years, a number, 
the number of worker compensation claims and the duration of employees out on duty injuries has increased significantly. Staff plan to complete an analysis of workers' compensation trends to ensure that we're currently funding the workers' compensation fund adequately. Council has also made significant investments in city program programs utilizing one-time American Rescue Act funding. Many of these programs were funded on a one-time basis and council may want to continue funding them on a recurring basis. As part of the budget strategy, staff will evaluate these programs and bring forward recommendations to council for consideration to continue the programs and at the funding levels needed to continue them in a meaningful way. Staff will also explore sustainable ways to continue selected programs and services. In the coming fiscal year, there are also several emerging critical public safety needs that will need to be considered, such as health, <clears throat> excuse me, mental health co-responder initiatives, police technologies, fire training needs, and fire overtime. The administration recommends bringing forward these as part of our budget process to consider as public safety needs, either utilizing one-time or recurring funding. Council also made significant investments in capital improvement projects in the current fiscal year using one-time funding. However, there are several underfunded infrastructure maintenance projects and city facility needs that have not yet been addressed. Given the amount of one-time funding and recurring funding available, we'd recommend incorporating into the next year's budget strategy, allocating funding to target infrastructure maintenance needs and city facility maintenance need activities identified in connection with the 10-year capital improvement plan. Lastly, the, we would also recommend allocating funding in the next budget year towards businesses and encouraging development in the city, which would help increase the overall recurring tax base. This could be uh, in the form of continuing the pilot program related to special events pro, uh, sponsorship, supporting business activities or business incubator activities, or um, supporting invest improvements in the downtown area that are not included in the TIF district. This could also include incorporating any recommended changes related to the developmental services study, which is currently underway to help support development in the city. So by the spring of 2024, we'll have more information related to revenues and expenditures that we'll be able to program into our forecast data, and we'll have a better idea uh, for a detailed budget estimate for you. Um, tonight, we're recommending a budget strategy for the 2024 budget to prepare a balanced budget that sets departmental targets budgets flat, meets the city's financial policy targets, while also implementing a budget that funds services that have been prioritized by council such as addressing the city's structural deficit and ensuring that workers' compensation and other recurring funding needs are adequately funded, as well as making investments in local economy and encouraging development, advancing capital and infrastructure and city facility maintenance products, projects, providing funding to support emerging public service um, safety needs, continuing established services at the current funding levels for recurring basis, as well as beginning to evaluate services that were funded on, with one-time revenues, such as ARPA programs, and support future council goals and high-priority projects. We do have a poll question tonight. We're requesting council direction to establish the 2023 property tax levy at a rate of 1.3152 and approve the 2024-25 recommended budget strategy. So at this point, I'll turn it over to council for comments. Technical questions? Any comments? 
Do you have one? Councilmember Fulmer. Uh, I just want to say thank you. I, I, I really appreciate the work that you do. Um, I don't have terribly meaningful feedback because I think uh, you read my mind in terms of what, what I uh, think is an appropriate strategy. So um, so I just want to thank you for all of your work um, and uh, the the way that you've put things together to, uh, to present to us. I, I really appreciate it. <clears throat> Councilmember Shannon. I probably should have written this out. Um, I, I really appreciate the presentation, and I think that it's important um, for people to realize the delicate balance that you are taking here. Um, and um, I don't have the knowledge or the background to appreciate it as, as deeply as I would like, but um, I want to point out how you are looking to one-time revenues to address deficits, so that we aren't taking on new unsustainable projects. Um, you're looking to address um, our infrastructure deficit. You're looking to um, add police technology that makes our community safer, that helps our community grow. You are looking to, um, you're talking about investments in the local economy that are gonna help us grow our way out of this structural deficit. And I, it's an amazing piece of work here. <laughs> it's, I, I'm sure it's incredibly difficult, and I really hope that, um, that our community can appreciate how much work it takes and how thoughtful you have to be to thread that needle. So thank you very, very much. Deputy Mayor Kyles. I, too, would like to thank you for the work um, as we went through the report and we talk about the impact of inflation and how it's impacted business as a whole, but also, you know, everyday citizens um, and being able to to capture that in a brief study session. I think that's a, a big deal. But as, as council member Shannon said, it's not to be taken lightly that things are difficult for some people for as a whole right now. Um, I do appreciate being now as coming into understanding what unassigned resources mean and one time money means and what we're looking for as we just we're talking about council goals as well as, um, you know, to see the ARPA funding and the blueprint and all of those things. I think that it's um, as you put it and have, as you package it, it's important to to, I know those are where some of the resources are going to go. So I, too, uh, thank you for the work. Uh, of course, it can't be captured in, 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 what, 15 minutes, but it's a big deal. So thank you. Councilmember Panfetti. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, well, thank you, and um, ditto to what my um, fellow council members have said. Um, for me, it's always helpful to see the projections and to know um, what may be coming down um, in future years as we are planning, um, especially uh, for our future council goals. But in particular, I appreciate that everything is based on informed decision making, that you are studying you know, everything, um, whether it's workers' compensation, whether it's the evaluation of programs that we are doing, um, with the ARPA money that as you are looking at 
your own work, you're um, evaluating a lot of moving parts to make these decisions and to bring them forward. Um, it, you know, as, as we're reading these documents, it doesn't go unnoticed that there's a lot that you had to sift through, a lot that you had to put together to come to some decisions for us um, to think about and to move forward. Um, so to you two here tonight and to the staff and to a lot of city departments that are helping to inform those decisions, thank you very much. Anyone else? Um, I want to thank you, but I also I have to um, point out that uh, part of what you do is give us the doomsday theory. So, you know, when I look at numbers, our page seven with the structural deficit that I've been looking at since I got on council uh, 15 years ago, I, that is the, and I feel like I need to say this for the public, that's the, if we take no action to curb the structural deficit, so we don't increase our revenues or we don't cut our expenditures, then those bad things happen. And all the years that I've been on council, we've taken at your wonderful direction, the appropriate action to ensure that the doomsday never happens. And so it's important for us to see that and to be reminded why we need to take action. But I think it's also important that the public understand that we're not like falling off of a cliff. And in fact, because of the great work that you have done, we are starting to make available additional revenue without additional taxes because we're paying down some of that deficit in anticipation of having some expenses, at least in my mind, around the things we're ARPA funding now that we're going to have to figure out how we're going to fund in the future or what we want to fund in the future. And that's been because you've been thoughtful and planned for that over the last two years. So thank you for tremendous work. So with that, our poll's not up there anymore, but I think everybody knows what it is. Councilmember Iniguez. Yes. 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 And yes, you have direction. Thank you. Madam Mayor, I move we adjourn. Second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. You are adjourned.